This is Real Life with Kevin West. There's a story in the Bible, in Acts chapter 12, if you'll turn there, Acts chapter 12, verse 1. I want you to read this with me, and I want to, I want to share this, that I believe that the Lord is going to just take us to this place. The world is waiting for the church to be the gate and the portal and the entrance into his kingdom on this earth. Come on. We, we, we have to be the lid lifter. That means when you're hurting, we're going to hurt. When you're down, we're going to be down. When you're going to be up, we're going to celebrate with you. But we got to keep moving forward in the things of God. We don't have time to stop and be paralyzed and be, 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 be in, in, incapacitated. And we, we don't have to, we've got to move forward. And how do we move forward? How do you move forward? It's what the Lord has placed inside of you. He's put something unique in each and every person that's here. You're not in retirement. If you're in retirement, you should have wisdom flowing from you in retirement age. You got gray hair, wisdom comes in scripture. And what you do with that wisdom doesn't give you an opportunity just to, to, to set back. It's an opportunity to engage. Because do you know how many people, I was looking at that video 10 years ago and dear God, you all did that to me. Look, don't you remember the first part of that video? I thought, dear Jesus, it's your all's fault. All your problems and all your issues and all that and all the stuff I've created for myself, we've, we all contributed to it, but here we are. Life moves and goes. But Ronnie said it, what we know now, oh my God, wouldn't you have liked to have known that 10 years ago? Right? You know now. You have that wisdom. In 10 years from now, you'll have more wisdom than you have now. But you have that wisdom and that experience right now for you to be able to engage fully in what life has to offer you. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread that this happened. So when he had arrested Peter, he put him in prison. He delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison. But look at this. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. The church is that ecclesia that we talked about last week. It's that called out group of people. The people that are separated, which is us, that have a direct pipeline, a direct counsel, a direct opportunity, and a direct feedback, and a direct co correlation and com communications with God himself. We're talking to him. He's talking to us. We're involved in the plan. That's us. And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door. We're keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord, look at this, an angel of the Lord from what we would call the other side. I want you to see how this works. The other side stood by him and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up saying, arise quickly, haste 
and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself up and tie up your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on the garment, your garment and follow me. Now what happens? Peter is between these two guards. Peter's destiny the next day is to get killed. Once unleavened bread is over and Passover is behind him, Peter's fate is he's dying. It's over. Peter was on an assignment. Peter had turned that city upside down for God. He came preaching the kingdom. He had an experience with God, a relationship with Jesus. He was making miracles that were happening by his hands. The, the, the shadows of Peter were healing the people that were around him. Peter was saying a message and demonstrating a message that wasn't common in that day. It wasn't about just, hey, repent of your sins and you'll go to heaven one day. He was coming and saying, we're here to bring Christ to you, not just take you to Christ. And the message we're bringing you is to bring Christ to you. And when you get Christ, you get the whole package. You get salvation, you get healing, you get peace, you get joy, you get it all when Christ comes to you. And Christ isn't coming to you unless we bring Christ to you. And, and, and Peter was saying it very clearly. You all crucified and killed the very one that gave us the privilege and the power to bring this message to you. He isn't just, the kingdom isn't just far away, the kingdom's at your hands. When Peter began to preach that, it pricked them in their heart and said, what? What are you talking about? Quit preaching this kind of stuff. And then when he started preaching it more, the more they did, the more they demonstrated. He didn't just say it, he did it. He didn't just talk about a good game. He became the game. He didn't just say, this is what we're going to do one day when Jesus... No, he engaged and people fully engaged. He executed, which is what the church is supposed to do. To execute the judgments, not against people, but for people. Execute judgment against sickness. Execute judgment against confusion. Execute, execute judgments against things that are against the demonic activity. Our role yeah. is to bring forth the judgments of the kingdom into this land, into this sphere, to push on things that need to be pushed on, to move back the barriers and the boundaries and the things that are holding us back. To go again, I'm not talking, we've made it a thing about, is it about this thing or that thing? Is it about prayer in school and the Ten Commandments? We don't need to be fighting those battles while people are dying. Amen. While people are losing peace. While people are losing their mind and, and families are falling apart. Those are wonderful, those are not us. The, the commandments are written in your heart. The tables of stone now is here. So if I walk into the courthouse, guess what's posted at the courthouse? As long as your son and your daughter knows who God is and knows these young people are sitting here and they walk in school, there's prayer in school. Why? Because they carry the Christ in them. We carry the Christ in us. While the world is trying to figure out who's going to be a better system, they were doing the government shutdown vote, all this thing. And I'm laughing to myself thinking, while they're battling all that, we already knew how it was going to end last night. Everybody knew that they would come through with some sort of, they're not going to shut down the government in this country because that's who makes the rules. They're going to figure it out. But while they're figuring out, the church, the ecclesia is rallying. You may not know it. You may not see it. But underneath the surface, there is a rumbling that's happening. Yeah. 
that's breaking forth and you can pop up and see a little bit here and a pop up a little see there and you're starting to see because we're starting to believe this message of the kingdom that we really have. You're starting to believe it. Whether you know it or not, you're starting to believe. Quit trying to put that condemnation on me. I don't live under that condemnation anymore. You're beginning to resist the religious message as well as this governmental control and dependency. I'm not against the government. I'm just saying, get in your rightful place. I'm not against religion. It has a purpose. It should drive you to Christ. We've got to get to the place where we're seeing this thing for what it really is. And it's not outside of you. It's inside of you. The decree was made. Peter's dying. It's over. Peter is between two soldiers in this natural realm. While Peter was there incarcerated, ready to meet his, his maker the next day, the church, us, them, was counseling with God, talking to the Lord, making intercession and petitioning the Lord, not to beg God to get him help, but to tell God, God, we need to get him help. Are you talking, did you hear the difference? We don't need to beg God to get him help. We need to tell God, we need your help to dispatch these angels to go because we can't get into prison. You need the supernatural help from the other side to cooperate with us on this side and when heaven and earth agree, anything's possible. You go to God to get all of the host of heaven to back you up. To work with us as we work in concert, as we move forward, they're moving with us. And we work in synchronized fashion together and all of heaven and all the ones that have gone on before and all the host of heaven and all the angelic hosts, all of them are working for your good. Pulling for us. And our role and responsibility is to say, Father, you brought me to the seat at the table as the ecclesia, as the church. I'm seated here with you. Peter's in trouble. I need us here on earth and you in heaven and angels and angelic hosts to be released to free him. That's what happened. They were praying back at the house and the angelic host then shows up. An angel of the Lord shows up inside the prison. You couldn't get inside the prison, but the angel is not, the, the angelic host, the spirit of the, the next dimension is not bound by the keys of the prison. They move through the natural, move through the the supernatural, they move through the natural, they move through the supernatural. They work in both realms. We work in this realm and we partition and and, and we communicate in that realm. You following this? So the angel of the Lord shows up in the prison while Peter was dead asleep in between two men. The angel of the Lord touches him and when the angel of the Lord shows up, light shines. Was the supernatural shows up on the scene, it brings light. Yeah. It brings illumination. It brings revelation. It brings understanding. It wakes us up to what we don't know. Peter then wakes up, and Peter's, look at this. Go back to the verse 7. And behold, now an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shine shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up and arise quickly. And his chains, when he rose up, the chains fell. The chains didn't come off until Peter rose up. Amen. You got to stand up. You got to get up. 
it's, it's time to move. Yeah. It's time to go. It, it, listen, I, I, my body hurts, I know, but get up. You're locked up between two people from prison, you're gonna die the next day, the fate is bad, the, the report is horrible, you gotta get up. Yeah, amen. Yeah, I, I just don't feel like it, I'm, 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 I'm depressed. We ain't got time to deal with your depression, get up quickly. Come on. Oh God, I know that didn't go over real well. <laughs> I'm anxious, you don't understand, I've got a real, I'm just, I just, I just got a panic attack. Have your panic attacks as we go. We gotta go. I'm not being insensitive. We ain't got time to serve your panic attacks and the depression and the anxiety and your bad reports. We haven't got time. We've got to go because the light has shined. And when the light shines, you got to go. You got to go with your stuff. You can't just leave your stuff. You got to get up and go with it. We ain't got time to sit back and try to get it all figured out and have it all perfect. We don't have time. Why don't we have time for Because those people have went on before us. Ten years from now, there'll be more people on that video. Some of them we send from the seats. Yes. And between now and then, we have to get up and go and move. Yes. Yes. Not just as a church to see how we're doing. You got to go. You got to move. Arise quickly and his chains fell off his hands. Now watch this. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself up and tie on your sandals. Man, I could go here, but I don't have time. And so he did. And he said to him, put your garment, look, gird yourself up with truth. Put on the sandals of the gospel of peace. Put on the robe of righteousness and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was, Peter was following after the supernatural and didn't even know if he was real. Sometimes you've got to move forward in your life without having the full understanding of really what's really happening. If you've got it all mapped out, you don't need him. I'm I'm an analytical person. I'm a a thinker. I think, I feel a lot too, but I'm a thinker. I'll forecast and and I'll go, when I catch myself going two or three steps ahead of myself, I have to capture that thing. Come roll it back and say, ooh, I need this more than I need that. Because if I use just my head, I'll anticipate and think and figure out and maneuver and I'll remove every element of faith in the equation. If you're trying to get the second or third step fixed before you take the next one, you're gonna miss it. Peter had to take a move, had to make a move without even knowing what was around him was real. Thought he had saw a vi- seen a vision. When they were past the first, the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they, the gate to the city opened on its own accord. Listen, you got a man in prison that had been preaching the gospel of the kingdom to the entire city, turned the city upside down, enraged the Jews, enraged the politics, enraged the government officials. They threw him in prison, are gonna kill him because of what he's saying and doing. He's creating too much ruckus in this place. They put him in prison, he's laying between these two people, these two soldiers. The church is praying at another location, interceding and petitioning and going to God and doing this thing. And when he goes back now, the angel of the Lord shows up. Peter wakes up. He's not even sure what's happening. But he gets up and he begins to walk t- 
towards the city, the gate of the city, to go back into the place that he came from, which is where he was getting killed. Peter tried to get the keys to the city. Sometimes the keys to the entrance of your purpose and your plan isn't through somebody just tossing you a set of keys and saying, hey, go at it. A lot of times the, the keys to the city that you're calling and your purpose comes through adversity and frustration. Peter couldn't have got the keys, those doors and gates were open and wide open in any other way. So Peter looks at them and says, what in the world is going on? The gates of the city open up. The owner, and they went out and went down the one street immediately. And when he came into the city and went out of the street, the supernatural left him. This is a picture of Jesus. Jesus is with the disciples for three and a half years. Look, if I had Jesus beside me for three and a half years, you know how many fights I would pick and say, hey, Jesus. I'd stand behind her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You think you're all that? Watch this. Jesus. The demoniac throwing himself into fire. And I'd say, yeah, yeah, get up. Jesus, that's what the disciples did. Every time they came up against something, but they had him with them. And then he looks at him after three and a half years and says, hey guys, I gotta go away. I've been with you three and a half years. Now, I need you to do what you've seen me do for three and a half years. Now, if you try to do it to imitate me, you're gonna miss it. But if you do it because you know it's in you to do it, you'll succeed. If you do it to imitate me, you'll be religious and have no power. But if you do it because you know it's in you, you'll know that I'm in you because I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to come back into you and I'm going to come into you and I'm going to be the power inside of you. And you're going to know that you know. And while I'm in you here doing the things on the earth, I'm going to be up here constructing this heavenly hosts that are there to hearken at your word. So as you're going forward in in this lane, they're going forward in their lane, and we're trampling on the works of darkness. And we're getting people free from the prison and the chains that are holding them back. That's Jesus' conversation with them. They look at him and say, dear God, what are you thinking? It's so much easier if you're here. And Jesus is going, but I'm, I got to go away. Because if I don't go away, I can't come into you. I can stand with you. But the way it is now, people, disciples, I have to go to Jerusalem with you. Because see, I'm, I'm Emmanuel here. But I'm going to go from Emmanuel to Christ in you. I'm not going to be just God with you. I'm going to be God in you. And when I come God in you, now I tag you. And you're not doing it in your own power. You're doing it in my power because I'm in you. But if you don't make the switch in your head and recognize what the role of the church to pray versus the church to do, you'll miss it. And when Peter came to himself... He said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel 
and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectations of the Jewish people. He delivered me from the, the control of power and he delivered me from the control of the religious system. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose name's surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it is, it's his angel. Listen to this. Now Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Their prayers are being answered, and they don't even know it. You got two different people in that house. Rhoda was in the prayer meeting too. Rhoda comes and sees Peter at the gate outside the door knocking, and she gets ecstatic. She's excited. She goes back and tells the other people that are executing, and they look at her and say, well, you're out of your mind. It has to, listen, and their answer was this, church people, it must have been something supernatural. You're seeing something supernatural. Would you quit looking for something way out there and look at something way in here? Come on. Would you quit looking for something to rapture you out of here to get you from this place or bring you into this new place? Would you quit looking for all that stuff and recognize it? It's already in you. Yes. Everything you're looking for is self-contained because Christ in you is the hope of glory. Would you quit going to God and begging him to change every situation you have? Why don't you just step up and face the situation? And recognize you have supernatural angelic hosts all around you working on your behalf. You just need to step forward and move on. What happens if it doesn't work like you thought it should work? You still come out on top because you're guaranteed the victory. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. You cannot lose. You have a host that's working with you. They're not going to do it for you. When the angelic host come into that prison system and he punched him on the side, he says to Peter, you gird up yourself. You put on the clothes of righteousness. You start walking forward. And Peter had to start walking while he was still in a fog, while he was still in a haze, while still unsure if it was God or not, still unsure of, am I in a dream? What am I in? And he kept walking until finally, Something opened up for him. He became aware of himself. And the Bible says at that moment, he realized the angel was gone and it was real. He then does the very next thing he's supposed to do. He went to the church. He went to God's people, knocking on the door, trying to get in with an incredible testimony of God's goodness and what God has done supernaturally, and he had a dream, he had a vision, I can't explain, knock, 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 knock. Do you know how many people are trying to get in here? I'm not talking about just in the building, in your life, and because they're not coming in the way your life wants them to come in, you don't have room for them, you don't have, oh my God, they're a headache. I don't even like that girl. I don't know why that kid comes, keeps coming across my path. He's mean. He's got a smart mouth. 
cusses all the time and you can't get away from him no matter how hard you try. Have you ever thought Peter, Rhoda, that might be Peter? I hate working next to that girl. We, her office is right next turn to mine. I don't like, I wish that person would leave the program. Just saying, I walk back over here now. <laughs> I don't like them anyway. They don't like me, I don't like them. I just know they lie, they cheat, they do. Rhoda, Come on. that could be your Peter. You don't know what God is doing. It's bigger than you think. It's more massive than you think. It's better than you think. It's greater than you think. It's supernatural and the natural working together in the hearts and lives of God's people to penetrate into darkness and to bring this marvelous light that we're carrying. It's not going to come from way over there. They work with us, but they will not do it on their own. Gabriel came down and told Mary, you're going to have a baby. If I was Mary, I'd say, why don't you have the baby? You're from up there. You're fixing to cause me a heck of a lot of problems, you know that? And she, he's saying something to her like this. I'm, we're gonna, God's going to put something inside of you that's going to blow your mind. And you're going to carry it. And in the fullness of time, when that time comes, it's going to come released from you. And when it comes released, it's not coming from anybody else. It's going to come from you. You know how many Marys we have in here today? You're carrying it. Oh, God, I got you. This is not a cerebral Christianity. This isn't just get smarter and get under more understanding and we get smarter and we get and more worship songs and more singers and more. No, no, no. Do you, you have to know this. The angels of heaven look at you and say, do you know what you got? Do you know what you're carrying? Do you know what you're, you're packing? The world is, the whole heaven and earth is travailing and groaning for the manifestations of the mature, grown up, you and me, body of Christ. The Bible says foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And what do our, our religious people say? What do I say? Oh, he didn't have a bed to live. He's homeless. No. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He's looking for a body to put his authority, his headship on. And he walked around Jerusalem for three and a half years and they wouldn't receive him. He looked for a body to connect himself to. He only found a few. You are the body. He is the head. We are not babies anymore. We got to be drawn from the breast and start eating the milk, eating the meat of the word. And how you eat the meat of the word is we begin to penetrate and display and move forward and demonstrate into the world that we live in. Now Peter continued knocking. When they opened the door, they saw him and they were astonished. What's this? But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent. He declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison and he said, go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Then as soon as it was day, there was a small stir among the soldiers about what had happened to Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death. And when he went down from Judea to Caesarea and he stayed, do you see what happened? They imploded. Mm -hmm. The very plot against him imploded. 
the, the demonic plot against you implodes when all of heaven and you and earth begin to walk this thing out in faith, leaning in to the promises and the plans that God has prepared for you. Leaning into the things of the kingdom of God, a realm of influence, and a realm of, of the spirit, a realm of peace, and a realm that you don't even know exists unless you tap into this thing. Yeah. It's more than just living moral and ethical. We, we're not in a position anymore with the world and the condition it's in to spend an hour in church to preach things that you ought not know you shouldn't be doing anyway. Yeah. My job is not to get stuff out of you. My job is to get you into stuff. Yeah. Into the kingdom. If I get you into the kingdom, and I get your nose put placed, and I get your eyes wide open towards it. When, I, when you start, when you begin to see it, those things fall off of you because they're not attractive to you. They're not appealing. You don't want that stuff. You don't look. But the minute you begin to start looking at your anxiety, looking at your depression, and I'm not saying we want to ignore it. I'm just saying it can't be the thing that we focus on. We have to move into the place of kingdom. What God has for you. If you're not increasing, you're decreasing. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backward because whatever stays the same and doesn't move forward will eventually become stagnant and die. You have to move forward. You have to lean in. There is no other option for you. Why? Because you have an enemy of your soul that's trying to, to, to do what they didn't do to Peter to kill you. You have a religious system that's trying to just hook you and, hook and bring you into their system to hold you in a holding pattern. Till one day either Jesus comes back or you die. But we got a voice that's rising up across the earth, that's in concert with heaven, but is also here in the earth, that doesn't get one ahead of the other, that works together in unison, that knows that, yes, we have unlimited angelic hosts working for us, but we also know that here we've got to walk this thing out too. You've got to gird yourself up with truth. You've got to put on the gospel of peace. And I'm talking about the gospel of peace. I'm not talking about the gospel of condemnation. Amen. I'm talking about you have peace between you and God, not because of what you did, but because of what he did. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't angry with you anymore. Right. He ain't frustrated. He ain't wringing his hands. He ain't pulling for you. He ain't calling your mom and telling him everything you're doing in secret. It ain't happening. He is not angry. What he wants is good things for you. Yeah. And if you'll see that, the goodness of God leads a man and turns a man to repent. Right. It's, the, it's goodness that gets to be to draw you into where you are. And then when you begin to see how good he is, he unfolds this plan that he has for your life. Then you begin to say, that person fits, that person doesn't. That life fits, that habit doesn't. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on, they take me into the kingdom, they pull me out of the kingdom. This thought process does me bad, this process does me good. You begin to see it for what it is. Yeah. So what do we do? What do you do? How do we get there? I'll tell you how you get there. You gotta strap them up. You gotta roll them up. And you gotta eliminate procrastination from your vocabulary. You gotta eliminate it. If you have to say, I need to, you should. I need to, I need to, I need to, should become I did. Right? When I get around to it, 
you ain't going to get around to it. Right. Something else will happen to keep you always getting around to it. And in the meantime, days and weeks and months and years go by. Yes. You're going to first recognize that you've been called to the seat with Christ. Yes. If you're in him, you're seated at the table. Right? right? Yeah. And you're going to, cont- when, you, when you pray, you're not sitting there praying to him going, God, I'm in a mess. I need to help me, God. Take this away from me, God. That's not how you're going to do it. God already wants to take it away from you. He wants you to have peace if you're having turmoil. So you go to the Lord and you say, God, I receive your peace. I receive it. I don't feel it. I receive it. And I'm going to stay right here until it receives me. Because I ain't moving. I ain't budging. Uh-uh, we're staying right. God, listen, you said, and here's what begins to happen. He begins to dispatch all of the host of heaven working for you. He begins to work in areas of your life and he he begins to change that woman's heart or that man's heart that you couldn't change for 15 or 20 years. He begins to walk, that child begins to have have a good attitude that was rebellious 15 minutes earlier. I don't know how it happens, I just know this. Peter was locked in prison. The church was praying. Angelic hosts from heaven come and pricked him in the side and said, get up quickly. We ain't got time to sit here. We ain't got time to baby you. We ain't got time to talk to you. We ain't got time for you to figure it out and get the fog out of your head. You got to get up and you got to get moving and you got to move now. Gird yourself up with truth. Put on the gospel of peace on your sandals and clothe yourself with righteousness. Put those three things behind you. You have to have those things when you go. You got to know that there's peace between you and God. You got to know that the truth now is inside of you. The spirit of truth is in you. And you got to know that he has clothed you with the robe of righteousness. You are in him. Now go face the world. Face your situations. They'll never be perfect, but they won't stop you. And while you're going forward on the ground, you got to know Oh, you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are around you. They're hosts of heaven. They're seraphim. They're teraphim. They're all these wonderful hosts that are here. There's all these people that have gone on before you. They're up here in the the, the cheering section. They're up here rooting for you because they already know the end of the story. They know how good it is on this side. They know how good it is when you really truly experience peace that passes all understanding. They know. And while you're moving forward, stand with me, please. While you're moving forward, some of you got to know we're so used to losing or getting kicked around or being disappointed. We're so used. But let me tell you something. There's a competitive spirit that's rising up inside of every one of God's people. You're sick and tired of it. You're going, I ain't putting up with this any longer. I'm tired of walking down the same road I've been walking on. I am not doing this anymore. I'm tired of just trying to figure my way out. My head is my biggest problem, sometimes I say. I get into my mind, I get into my thinking, and I get in there and I wrestle over that, and weeks go by and I'm thinking, my God, I gotta get out of my head and get into my heart. Some of you need to know and experience what it feels like to win again. It's been a while since you won. It's been a while since you had a victory. So let me tell you what I'm gonna do. I want you to put this in your mind's eye. 
I want you to recognize that that host of heaven all around you, at one sinner that repents, changes his mind, as one person changes their mind, all of heaven rejoices. And this is what it sounds like. cheering you on. Somebody feels like how good it is out there. It's not all bad. You're going to make it. You're going to win. The end of this thing will be better than the beginning. I promise you, you're going to win. You're going to end well. You're going to be strong. You're going to make it. You're going to press into the kingdom and the kingdom is going to rise. Why? Because we're going to take him at his We hope you are enjoying today's show. We believe that God has given us a voice to impact communities and regions all over the world. If you would like to make sure that voice is heard, please partner with us today by visiting www.expressionradio.org and click donate. You can also text give by texting the dollar amount followed by the word radio to the number 84321. First time text givers, please choose Expression Church of Huntington when prompted. All gifts are tax deductible. Join us as we change the world.